Whether you have a general interest in health and wellness, or you're a medical professional, we're here to provide you with the tools and resources to make informed decisions about your health. This is Health Use House Call, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's podcast. Here, our expert providers will provide you with wellness tips, information, and general health advice. This is House Call. Hey there, listeners. We're here with Dr. Barry Kreisworth, a microbiologist at the Center for Discovery and Innovation at Hackensack Meridian Health. Hey, Barry. How's it going? Good afternoon. How are you? Very good. Uh, so can you just tell us a little bit about your background here and what you do at CDI? Yes. So I'm a research scientist. I've been working as an epidemiologist slash molecular biologist for the last 40 years. Um, my normal responsibility is really dealing with hospital-acquired infections and antibiotic resistance and focused on major bacterial pathogens. But like many of us, about a year and a half ago, we all became virologists. At least we all play virologists on TV. Um, But because of COVID, many uh, many researchers have actually got involved. And one of my responsibilities at CDI is really to support the Hackensack Meridian Health Network. And in this case, um, we became involved in really trying to support um, the COVID outbreak that affected patients throughout our network. And what my lab has been doing uh, for the last 18 months is characterizing uh, the virus that's been spreading um, throughout our patient population. So I guess if you were to kind of describe what you've done with COVID to someone who's non-medical, what would you say you've done? So I think everyone knows that people get COVID testing. And when you get a COVID test, the responsibility is to question whether you are COVID positive or negative. What my laboratory does is we're able to take those COVID positive and samples and actually analyze them and we're the ones who can tell you whether you have one of these variants of concerns so not only do we know that it's covid we actually know which flavor of covid and which of these now well-known greek letters the virus has been named so we can distinguish the delta covid virus from the alpha the gamma the beta these are the variants of concerns and we are able to know which variants they are based on sequencing, this case, the virus. Very cool. Sounds like a very scary Greek life mixer kind of going on. Yeah, the, the Greek letters always come in. We used to call them by country names. I guess everyone started to feel uncomfortable that we had the UK variant and the Delta variant is the Indian variant. So now, um, if anything, the population is now learning Greek letters as opposed to just fraternity houses. But um, yeah, so like anything else in science, we start to get politically correct by using these Greek letters. Um, But behind the Greek letters, what we know is that we can distinguish these different types. And they do have meaning. Clearly, the Delta variant, which has now taken over the last month and a half, Um, is able to replicate and spread faster than the other variants. So because of where we are in the epidemic, not only is the Delta variant successful, it has literally replaced all the other variants, which is quite remarkable given the speed of how fast it's it's able to um, predominate in, in not only our population, but across the country and now the world. Pretty terrifying. Uh, what is also pretty terrifying is all the different uh, c- 
conspiracy theories that are going on out there, all those misconceptions flying around about the vaccine, about COVID itself. Um, why do you think there are so many, I guess, differing opinions ab about these? You know, I've, I've been a scientist a long time and it always both impresses me and confuses me why the public focuses on certain answers and completely avoid many times the real answer. Um, in this particular case, we know a lot about COVID. Um, the world and the world scientists have actually watched the spread of COVID. We understand a lot about this virus. We probably know more about this virus than we know about any other virus in our history. Um, and yet the public seems to always fall back on the crazy theories as opposed to the facts. I think one of the reasons are basically that science changes. And in this epidemic, we've seen a lot of changes, but people focus on the fact that what, it, what was said six months ago may not be true now. And that's true. The virus changes. The response changes. We didn't have a vaccine until the end of 2020. We had to deal with the virus very differently. Um, the populations have changed. We went from no children getting COVID to now being the predominant population. Well, what's changed? Well, what's changed is we forced the virus to do different things. The virus would spread readily um, to everyone in the population. Once everyone started to get vaccinated, the virus had to go to the unvaccinated. So now what we're seeing is the spread of Delta to mostly the unvaccinated population and unfortunately children who aren't vaccinated. Um, but hopefully by the end of the year, they will get vaccinated and let's hope the majority of the population um, who aren't vaccinated finally decide that it's the right thing to do. For sure, definitely, you know, fingers crossed on that one. Yes. Um, I think a lot of these theories and just these kind of like wild conspiracies come out from people just being afraid and somebody will put something on the internet that sounds, oh, well, that sounds like it could be true and, you know, kind of sparks yep. a fire there. So we did pull together, you know, some of the more common theories that are flying around the internet, and we just wanted to get your thoughts on them, and maybe you can help us debunk some of those theories. Sound good? Be glad to. All right, great. So the first one, which I think is pretty pretty funny here, uh, the vaccine alters your DNA. Yeah, I mean that one. That one, I think, as a general statement probably is a nice thing to throw off you know yeah the vaccine changed your dna lots of things change your dna you know you go out in the sunlight and your dna is affected by uv so um the question is what does that have to do with the vaccine efficacy even if it were true um we know things change so i think people like to just throw out these crazy ideas and saying that the vaccine changes your dna or the vaccine makes you magnetic um, are just throwaways um, and really have no meaning whatsoever. For sure. I think it's probably people taking a look at maybe some part of the science information, misinterpreting it, and then just running away with yeah. it. I mean, yeah. if, if, if the smarter ones would probably say it, it changes your RNA because the virus is an RNA virus, but that would show that they actually knew a little more than just the general population. So at this point, even the crazies, probably if they said RNA, it'd make them look a little less crazy. Too much credit given. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So the vaccine is causing COVID-19 variants. That's actually a interesting 
statement um, founded on something that the public believes about lots of things in science that organisms, be it they bacteria, viruses, respond. Um, the, the example that as a bacteriologist I f deal with every day is uh, antibiotic resistance. So the public knows that a lot of bacteria um, are hard to deal with because the bacteria have developed resistance to antibiotics. What people don't understand is that the bacteria don't respond to the antibiotics. Bacteria and viruses just randomly change. Um, that's what they do. And if you haven't appreciated the fact that this virus can change over time, then you haven't been paying attention. So the notion that the vaccines are making the variants, it's actually the vaccines are selecting for the variants. The treatment of different antivirals will push the virus in different directions to select for those mutants. So the Delta variant is so successful today because it's the one that can replicate and spread faster than anything before it. And when you have people who have been vaccinated and lessening the number, hopefully, of unvaccinated, the better this virus can spread, the reason is exactly the reason why it's been successful. So the vaccine hasn't selected, the vaccine hasn't caused the virus change, the vaccine has selected for the virus. Here's another myth. So the vaccine is leading to a large number of deaths. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, I think they forgot the other side of the story was that we do know that over 600,000 Americans have died from the virus, <clears throat> not the vaccine. So unless they know something that we don't know about these other 600,000, um, at this point, I think the vaccine's protecting us and the unvaccinated clearly are the ones that are more vulnerable um, to dying. For sure. So this one's uh, another funny one. Uh, the vaccine will give you 5G cell service. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that- Be great when you need a hotspot, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that was the one that they blame Gates and Microsoft. Um, I think that one is probably in the, in the same compartment with the laser beams coming from outer space. Um, those may be just so far-fetched that they probably aren't serious. <laughs> I'd hope not. Uh, the vaccine will make you magnetic. Yeah, I like that one. Um, the, I, you know, when I heard, first heard that, I was trying to think, what kind of advantage would that give you and where would you be magnetic? The one place I saw the woman who made the statement said that her neck was magnetic, um, but she didn't say any of the other parts of her body. So I was kind of curious how it was only on her neck. So I guess my first question would be, where else are you magnetic? Maybe it helps keep her necklace on. That, I think there's some, um, like I said, I think there could be some pros to having um, things magnetic. Um, it would definitely help you carry a lot of different things around um, without using your hands. I think we're thinking of the next Marvel superpower. Yes, I think magnetic that would, person. Yes, then you'd have this polar effect where you you have people with different polarity, and maybe that's a new mating type of approach. <laughs> this has been around with all vaccines, really. Uh, the vaccine will cause autism. Yeah, the autism question is the sort of default. Um, we all want to believe that if you have an autistic person in your family that there was a cause. Um, I think over the last 
20 years now, maybe even longer. Um, it's been debunked so many times, and yet there are still quite famous people who has been promoting autism and vaccination for years. Um, obviously, this is a perfect platform to push the, uh, the, push the anti-vaxxers to give them another excuse. Um, this one's problematic because I do think people who do have autistic children believe this um, for whatever reason, and maybe it's easier for them to deal with. But the idea that autism is related to vaccines um, isn't going away. And, and I think COVID just acted as almost a catalyst to reinforce these people's feelings. For sure. Uh, the vaccine has fetal tissue in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the vaccine, um, having fetal tissue is an interesting concept. I, again, I always wonder why fetal tissue, why not, you know, why not have it with um, caviar or something else? I mean, um, it's always interesting, though, where people come up with the craziest ideas um, just to, I guess, throw it out there. Yeah, I think for that one, it's probably how can we anger people the most? Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's the anti-abortion uh, groups, um, you know, anything that you can bring in um, other people who have other angers, maybe it just blends together and they give them a bigger cause to fight. For sure. Just throwing fuel on there. Um, the vaccine will give you COVID. Yeah, that's uh, that one um, is sort of like, I guess you put out a fire with kerosene type of idea. Um, yeah, that one, um, that one's a hard one to even wrap your head around. And um, I guess we can also easily say, though, we do know what happens when you're not vaccinated. And that one just is in, unfortunately, in the cemeteries. Yeah, I think maybe that could also stem from people not understanding the types of vaccines, yeah. because, you know, some, I mean, I'm not a microbiologist, but I know some vaccines would give you a, what is it, like a, like a not a not an active version yeah. you know so your body can yeah. then recognize that and fight it so yes. i think maybe that's where people think oh you know it's, it's gonna give it to me i know i've heard that about the flu and stuff too yeah and and there is some validity to that the idea that you develop response or antibodies to a disease you have to first get exposed to it in this case with the mrna vaccines um you're dealing with a piece of RNA that um, in itself has no biological function. So um, I can understand where the idea is coming from, but that is the history of vaccines. We've used what are called attenuated strains, which means you actually take the causative pathogen and you inactivate it, and, but your body still thinks it's alive, and that's how you respond, and that's what lots of vaccines are. But um, so that one, that one is based on some logical concern um, and one that actually should be easily at least explained to people um, that this notion of making antibodies to a pathogen is exactly what a vaccine is. For sure. There's some logic, but still not true. It's not going to give you COVID. Um, our immune systems are better than the vaccines. Yeah, that one, I think, is one of these fallacies that get people in trouble and they end up in an ICU on a respirator or a ventilator <clears throat> and now wonder why they didn't get the vaccine. Um, we all believe we're in better health than I think we are. The reality is, though, and this is actually um, 
a concern is that people do have underlying illnesses that they're not aware of. Um, one thing that we do know in the last 18 months are people are not going to the doctor for general for their general well-being. And so it's not unlikely that people who actually think they're healthy may actually be less healthy than they really are because they haven't actually seen a doctor. Um, but in general, everyone's immune system is probably somewhat um, protective. But the reality is what we know, this virus obviously has been doing quite well in infecting healthy people. Um, and causing serious illness in healthy people. So um, even though you may think you have a good immune system, the reality is you'll have a better immune system if you get vaccinated. And more importantly, you'll have an immune system that actually can recognize this virus and respond to it. Absolutely. I think that's kind of the scary part. Well, there's a lot of scary parts, but you know, a lot of people who are seemingly quote unquote healthy, then getting really like beat down by the virus. So Yes. yes. And the other thing we do know, and this is actually um, something that people aren't talking about, we do have these long-term effects due to COVID that people who have actually experienced COVID um, now are having quite a lot of lingering long-term chronic effects. And those people who are against vaccination and concerned about, well, how do I know the vaccine isn't going to hurt me downstream? They should talk to these COVID patients who now are having some serious downstream effects um, you know, months after having COVID and quote unquote responded to it. Absolutely. Yeah. The vaccine doesn't work. Yeah. The vaccine doesn't work is probably as strong a statement as COVID won't kill you. Um, both are completely wrong. Um, and again, the fact that this COVID virus, all three of a vaccine, excuse me, all three vaccines against COVID probably is the largest example of vaccinating the globe. We've probably had more people vaccinated against COVID than any other single um, infectious agent. And the notion that we're seeing really good protection in those vaccinated, and the example is that the people who are getting COVID are the unvaccinated. So the vaccine works. The vaccine has worked since we've started. We know that boostering the vaccine increases your response and your resistance. And I think the data is as strong as it's ever been for any vaccine we've ever used. I'll throw another one in here. So uh, I had COVID, so I don't need the vaccine. Yeah, that's that seems to be the consensus. Lots of people are using the I've had COVID, therefore I've protected. Um, the concept is correct, but we have learned though and the, the simple analogy is those people who have been vaccinated with two vaccines, after your first vaccination, you have some protection. After your second, your, vac your vaccination status is probably protected in the 90%. If you had COVID and get one vaccine, you're probably almost the equivalent of those people who have gotten two vaccines. So getting COVID and then getting vaccinated probably is better protection um, than most, and the notion that you shouldn't get a vaccine on top of COVID is just wrong. Do you have any other advice, I guess, if you, you know, ran into somebody in the supermarket and they spit one of these theories at you, like, what would you, I guess, say to them if they truly believe it? Yeah. I must say the biggest frustration over the last 18 months is actually trying to have logical discussions with people 
um, first about COVID in general, about protection, and then once the vaccines came out, the pushback about not getting vaccinated. It's very frustrating. It's very difficult. Um, I think people have become set in their ways. Um, if death and hearing people who haven't gotten vaccinated say, I'm now telling my family to get vaccinated because I'm in an ICU, very sick. If that doesn't get people to get vaccinated, it's not clear what it's going to take to get the public um, to respond correctly. And I think the biggest frustration and the ones that maybe will force people is when you start realizing um, that once everyone gets vaccinated and once children get vaccinated, we'll see the ultimate response, which is that this virus will get diluted out and hopefully the pandemic will be under control. It's surely not yet, even though we've gone through a long ways, but you know, it's gonna take a lot more perseverance by the general population to really get this under control. For sure, I mean, we can only hope things get better, you know? Yeah, I hopefully, I mean, we're still a lot better off now we were a year ago, um, but we still have a ways to go. And I think my concern personally is that the flu vaccine season coming up um, could be a confounder and I worry that um, people will push back with the notion of even getting the flu vaccine. Now that we, we've, we've sort of gotten people so vaccine crazy, um, people need to understand that these pathogens like flu doesn't know about COVID. Flu is right. going to keep on going on its merry way regardless of COVID. So people need to consider um, all infectious diseases. One doesn't trade off the other. We'll still get flu and COVID will still be lingering. Right, they're not taking turns. They're no, they, <laughs> they don't make deals behind the table. Uh, so yes, unfortunately, that's the reality. And uh, the other problem is that other underlying illnesses that we deal with all the time, like diabetes and heart disease and cancer, um, these two um, don't know that COVID's around. Um, they keep on going. So yes, we need to be diligent about our health and recognize that COVID's gonna go away, but these other problems are still gonna be here. All right, Barry, thanks so much for being here and sharing your knowledge. There you have it, folks. Uh, Dr. Kreisworth did your homework for you. Don't listen to these conspiracy theories. Thanks for having me. The material provided through this podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.